Hello. Hi, happy birthday. Thank you. You having a good day? Yeah, I had a massage this morning. Oh, cool. What kind of massage? I always get, a, you know, just a regular relaxing kind of muscly massage. I, we get, Sylvia and I get one usually once a week. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So, helps. Cool. How, how old are you? 66. Good. I was going to say 65. Look, I'm going down now. Oh, excellent. Yeah, <laughs> I could just stay at 65. But 65 is pretty cool. 66 is the official, uh, you could start taking Social Security age. In, in Spain or in everywhere? In America. In America. So I, so I, I actually said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. So about, I don't know, three months ago, I go online at, you know, socialsecurity.gov and all this crap. And they say, oh, yeah. You go on, oh. Huh? Nothing. I got it. <laughs> um, so they say, oh, you know, you can, you can do all this online, set up your my social security account and do all this, you know, apply and track your stuff. I said, oh, great. How sophisticated. So they, they, <laughs> you've got the sign-in process. And, and one of the first questions is, so put in your U.S. address. Oh, no. And I'm like, I don't have a U.S. address. So it's kind of, you keep hitting like a dead end, a dead end, a dead end. And then, then you start digging through their website to try to find out what the hell is going on. And yeah. finally you get through it all. And then it goes, oh, if you don't have a U.S. address, you can't do it online. So you got to call us. Okay. What, is there a loophole? Like, could you put my address? Yeah, but then, you know, I thought... Do the okay, checks I, get sent to me and then I have to send them to you? Well, theoretically, no. The checks go into your bank account. You know, you, oh, you, okay. you say what... And I have a U.S. bank account. But I didn't know. I didn't want to mess with it because then they go, oh, well, you've been defrauding us and, you know... Yeah. I, do, you, do you need Social Security? Yeah, I could use it now. Things yeah, have, things have gotten <laughs> such that yes, I could use it. Yeah. So, um, wow, my whole vision of you has really changed. <laughs> I know. I'm like a poor guy. <laughs> You're like a poor old man. I know. Who are you? <laughs> Just kidding. I don't. I don't see you that way. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, so, um, um, anyway, so I go on. I go. Uh, they say, okay, you got to call us. So I, I call them. And incredibly, you don't have to, uh, you know, either I got lucky or it's just normal. But I don't know. I was at hold for like three, four minutes. I get a human being. Um, she says, okay, what, you, what, what's, what can I do for you? I explain it. She goes, oh, yeah, you can't apply uh, here. You have to apply through the U.S. consulate or embassy in the oh, country you, you live in. So and I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. There's a like, where do I do that? She goes, oh, well, here's a link to the different, you know, you're in Spain. Yeah. Here's a link to, okay. So then Do you I know go, where the closest U.S. consulate is. Yeah. Valencia. I've been there many times. Yeah. Um, best friends with everyone there. Yeah. Well, actually I was pretty friendly with the guy who was the head of the consulate and then he left. Oh, so no. th that guy came, that guy lived in um, like Hermosa beach or something. Wow. And uh, yeah, so we were chatting a lot about LA and, and yeah. nice guy. I mean, the, the head of the consulate, at least at that time, he hardly did anything. 
he had a, he had like an assistant, this woman who basically did everything. But yeah. he, he was like officially there to try to, I don't know, help businesses or, <laughs> I, you know, it was r- ridiculous. I said, okay, so what kind of help can you offer me? I'm an American living here. I'm and a I businesses. Wanna, I want to yeah. do, do a business in Spain. So he, he gives <laughs> me like a, he says, oh, we have this great pamphlet. So he gives me the pamphlet. The pamphlet's like, oh my God, you know, this is where, this is what a Spanish bank is. Oh my this, God. This is how you say money. You know, it was like, okay, that's it very was fantastic helpful. piece of paper for you. Yeah, it's like really helpful. Anyway, so I I contact the consulate in Valencia and they go, okay, no, we don't do that here. The only place that does that is in Madrid. I was going to say, is it in Madrid? (laughs) Yeah, the the embassy. Okay, so I said, so what do I do? I have to like make it. She says, yeah, I guess you need to make an appointment or something. And so, you you know, but go to their website. So you go to the website and you go, okay, I need I need this service, this um you know, there's actually a section on the U.S. Embassy site in Spain that says under U.S. Citizen Services, you know, they also do like visas for uh-huh. Spanish and things, but under U.S. Citizen Services it says, you know, benefits, Social Security benefits. So I, I go to that section and it says, okay, send us, fill out this form or send us an email um, and we'll get back to you. And it, say, and it says on the site and, and, We'll get back to you within two weeks. If or if you don't, then contact us again. I'm like, oh boy, two fucking weeks. Okay. Well, that so, seems kind of normal for a I government entity. Well, I don't know. Social Security answered the phone in three minutes when I called them. In oh, okay. So, um, so okay. So I sent the email. I wait two weeks. Nothing. Okay. So then I send a follow-up saying, hey, you know, you didn't respond. Nothing. Oh, so then, then I go on and I find out, I, I start researching and I find that there's a phone number that you can, you know, there's the main number to call on the embassy. And then you go through there, you know, push one, push two, push 27 for this. Anyway, <laughs> they, finally, they finally get you to something that says, okay, this is for benefits. You get that button, and then it says, okay, we're only open for phone calls from 9.30 to 12. Oh, my God. <laughs> Monday through Thursday. Not even on Friday. They make okay. it impossible to do anything. Huh? They make it impossible to do anything. Impossible. So then, okay, so then I call them the next day, and uh, between 9.30 and 12.30, and uh, I get a recording saying, we're open between 9.30 and 12.30. Call back then. And I'm like, it's 10 During, o'clock. Between 9 and <laughs> <laughs> But it, the little phone machine doesn't listen, doesn't, doesn't answer you. Um, so I try, that two, I try that two or three times. I go, okay, fuck this. So then there's a thing to call for uh, if you're an American and you have an emergency. Uh-oh. So I call that. Oh, yes. And I get someone and I go, Hey, I don't have an emergency, but I am a goddamn American. I am trying to get my social security benefits. I've been calling this goddamn line and nobody's answering. Did they answering. hang up on you? No, no, no. Um, she goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, you need to talk to so-and-so and here's her number. Okay. So I get her number. But she's not in anymore. She's not in today, but she'll be in tomorrow. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I get that woman. I call her the next day. I get her on the phone. She, and, and now get this, 
her job, she's in charge of um, the only thing she does is benefits for U.S. citizens living in Spain. Whoa, very that's, niche. She's your girl. That's their job. Okay. That's her whole job. Right. So <laughs> I call her. She answers the phone in Spanish. She's obviously Spanish. She answers yeah. the phone in Spanish. So I go, uh, hi, I'm an American. Um, it's, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, isn't it a little weird that if you're, if you're servicing Americans that you would answer in Spanish and not in English? You know, it would be like if I were in the Spanish consulate in Washington, or in embassy in Washington, D.C., and it was, you know, I was answering the phone for Spaniards who were, had problems, would I answer in English? I don't know. That's very interesting. I think I would answer in Spanish. At least I think that would be what would be considered appropriate. Anyway, bottom line is, it's Spanish woman, very Does sweet, she speak very English? nice. But she is in- incredibly slow. It's, oh, no. So I'm dealing with uh, a U.S. government bureaucracy in Spain, and they've hired Spanish people. So it's like <laughs> worse than the Spanish bureaucracy. So it's, oh, now, God. it's now August 2nd. I technically should have received my first check. I haven't even had a chance yet to submit my application because she has to do it on the phone. The good news is I don't have to go to Madrid. But I yeah, that would wait. be nuts. Like, yeah, just go to Madrid. And you're like, well. <laughs> it was ridiculous. How far is Madrid? Like four hours? Well, there's a, a bullet train that does it in two and a, two hours and change. Oh, cool. That's yeah, very nice. It's very pleasant. You, see, you, guys, you guys are sophisticated on that end. Yeah, we use, yeah the Spanish have it together with trains. They're Good. Really much better than the English. What are you doing? Oh, sorry, can you hear something? Oh, a lot of noise. Oh shit! Sorry, I'll stop. I'm. I was cleaning the sponge. Oh, it's a, um, you've been cleaning the sponge for like five minutes. Yeah, well, it's a makeup sponge. Yeah. And they're and they're very meticulous how they clean. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who I am anymore. Yeah, really. Why, why do I have makeup sponges? I don't know. It sounds you. You and Mel have a lot in common now. I think. I think I mean, as of like yesterday, I, my eyebrows are a thing. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. It's okay. It's self care and it's fun and it's making me feel better. <laughs> Good. Well, it's very funny because you used to watch, you were like a big Friends uh, TV show nut, right? Yeah, when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. So now Mel is obsessed with Friends. She's watched it like yeah. four times. Four times. Pretty inappropriate, but she's fourteen, so that's fine. Yeah. Well, everything's inappropriate, you know. So. Everything. Yeah. I forget it. There's no way to hide her from anything, uh, especially around here. So she's. It's very funny because I think of some of the friends stuff, and then, you know, do you? How much time do you spend on cleaning a makeup thing, sponge, and? Yeah. It's all these cases. It's a lot. Yeah. Okay, so this is a special episode of Manus on Malcolm. Woo! Dedicated to Sammy's forthcoming trip to Burning Man. Yeah. So we're going to do a before Burning Man or BM as I like to call it. 
Ew. <laughs> and then after you BM. Oh so my we'll, god. So we'll do the this is gonna be the before BM episode. And okay. then later on, obviously sometime in September we'll do the after. So um I'm much lighter. Exactly. You get rid of all the shit. <laughs> yeah. That's what Burning Man's about is taking a big shit in the dip. Honestly, honestly, kind of. So <laughs> tell me. So tell me. Okay, so uh, I'm interviewing, and okay. um, and so let me let me ask you first of all, um, a, 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 an important question: Do you do you call yourself a burner? Um, if someone if someone said to me at Burning Man, "Are you a burner?" or like if someone asked me that question, "Are you a burner?" I would say technically yes, but I would never call myself. A burner, no. Why? Um, What's the distinction? I think, like, I think one, like, I, um, usually I would be saying it to someone, if I'm saying it to someone who's never been to Burning Man, then I think that there's a lot of, like, 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 I don't want to, like, say I'm a burner because, one, I just don't feel like I've gone long enough to say that. I've only gone five years. And then, two, I think that, like, I'm not super into, like, shouting it from the rooftops to people who don't know about it because there's like some explaining to do and so I like to kind of go in explaining it in kind of a sneaky way that's like quiet and and like thoughtful (laughs) right and um yeah yeah burner actually it seems I was thinking it seems like having a name a term for yourself sounds a bit exclusionary right you know it's like us against them or I'm a burner you're not or Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't really love the term. And I think it's it's more of like, it feels more like the traditional people who have been going there for years and years and years. Well, where, where um, is the breakoff point? I mean, what, what makes you think? I think I think that a lot of people at Burning Man would call me a burner. Um, but I, I think that there's a, it's like a cultural thing. And like, if you identify as a burner, uh, it's usually like, if you're like, you've been going there for 10 years or more or something. Really? So or, or Or not even 10 years or more, but like, if you started going in a certain time, like maybe in like the nineties or the early two thousands or something like people who have like people who have like been going there their whole lives. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that assumes then you're a certain age, right? Because I've, yeah, I think, I think it's a cultural, like it's an age thing. Yeah. Okay. So but I don't you, know that I'll ever be a burner. Right. Right. You may not associate. Yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm curious getting underneath that a little bit because it's like, what, what do you have like a, a an elevator version of explaining you know the, you know what an elevator pitch is right yep it's just like you know so do you have an elevator pitch version yeah of I what do. is burning man it depends on who i'm talking to but yeah I, I i have some form of that yeah so what is that give it to us. um okay <laughs> <laughs> i would say it's like seven days in the desert um and it's basically a city that gets built like within like a few weeks time before it even starts. And then it, it completely disappears once, once you're done. So everything that is part of this seven days has been brought just for the seven days and will never exist again. <laughs> um, and it's a combination of, you know, camping, community, art, music, biking, Um, I think of it as like, if you're in kindergarten and you kind of like, you think about something that you want to do and then you just go do it. 
Um, and that's kind of what Burning Man is. You're allowed, you, you kind of are allowed to do almost anything you can think of to a certain extent um, while still, you know, being, you know, not murdering people and respecting people's, you know, bodies. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but really, it's, it's, it's like you, you can kind of have whatever type of Burning Man you want to have. So all of the things are at your disposal and you are able to sort of pick and choose the type of experience that you want to have. But at the core, it's a community experience where you are self-reliant for seven days in the desert. So, so I mean, so, so backing off those two things, like self-reliance or community, I mean, how, how does that interplay? Because you talk, you're saying that it's sort of a self, you get, you personally, I guess, get to do what you want, but you talked up, you say there's a community. So can, I'm like, a simple question is like, can you go to Burning Man just by yourself or do you have to yes. do it within a group? Yes. Yes, you can go to Burning Man by yourself. What I mean by self-reliant and community is you are expected to feed yourself and and keep yourself alive, but you're also expect to, uh, expected to contribute and share and help. So if that means you help build something, you bring something that people need, you offer some of your food, you offer some of your, your, your alcohol, you, you, you bring a little gift that you can give to random people, like you have to bring something, everyone brings something to the community so that it can like exist, but you're expected to make help make sure that you you survive. No one is going to, no one is supposed to make sure that you survive for you. So how do you function if you're, if you just go by yourself? It's like camping. Like you would bring all your food and you would bring like a tent and and then you would probably bring like a gift that you could give to random people that you meet. What? Bring up. Uh-oh. Yeah, much better. I haven't moved. Okay, try it again. What, what, what did you hear? I didn't hear anything. I, I just was asking my question and I, I heard a few little herps from you. Oh, shit. I said that like, if you were to go alone, you would just, it would just be like camping. Like you would just bring your food in your tent and then you would, you could bring a gift or you could provide some sort of like service for people or yeah. So is there an area for you? I mean, I, as I understood it, you sort of said this thing is divided up into like a city and it's kind of organized. And I thought there's like a reservation that your community. Certain camps. Yeah. Certain camps have reserved spots have like, it's called placement. So certain camps are placed early on. And then there are open spots that, that, that no one gets placed in and you can just plop your stuff down. So is there like a, like in a campground, a, a, a an amount of physical space that you're assigned that you, you have, like this is a campground spot 37 B or is it just, you just stick yourself anywhere you want? Well, I mean, usually if you're not placed and you have like a larger group of people, you get like a, like you, you would, you would take up a certain amount of space anyway. Um, but it's kind of like each, each little plot of each open plot is kind of open to a certain amount of people. And when right now, okay. You there? Yeah. Oh, we... hello. Um, this is shitty. Okay, now you're back, I think. Talk. Hi, can you There's, hear me? Yeah, now I hear you again. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. So anyway, so yeah, you were answering the question about like where you physically can be um, if you're yeah, not, so, if you're not like in a group yeah, or you, you don't have a reservation. You kind of, when, as you, when you get there, depending on how big your group is, uh, you, you kind of can see how, like there's spots that you can take up. Then there's like usually a certain amount of like open spots for like a group that's like 10 people or more, but it's not that organized. I, I, it might be more organized now. I don't know because I'm in, I'm in a, <laughs> I'm in a theme camp. Right. Yeah. So we, we got placed a while. We got placed like, I don't know, three weeks ago or something. Yeah. So. And we're right across the street from like a really like popular camp. That's like, that gets crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's more fun. No, no, it's not fun because they're oh. going to be, they're going to, it's going to be all these like annoying hot girls all day long, like being slutty and they're going to make a mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like uh, my daughter's party that she has here. Oh yeah. Except these are over, these are of age people, but yeah. <laughs> uh Oh. Oh, this is frustrating. Are you back? Am I back? Do you have bad bad connection? Huh? Do you have bad service? No, I have spectacular service. You didn't hear what I just said. It was grandma kept calling me. Oh, I didn't hear any of it. Yeah, she kept WhatsApping me, and and I kept sending her. You know how you can say message oh, back. You know, because, like because of birthday. Do you want to? Do you want to answer it? No, I answered it finally because it was ridiculous. She does obviously doesn't know how the the thing works. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she just kept calling and calling, and we kept getting cut off. <laughs> Uh, so finally I just answered it and, and, you know, and, and you know how she is. I said, let me call you back in a few minutes. Oh no, I'm on my way out. <laughs> she, you know, she calls me whenever she knows she can't talk to me very long. Um, yeah. so smart, uh, smart. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> like, okay, great. Have a good echocardiogram and we'll talk later. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's happening again. I don't know why I have like perfect service. I don't like this. This is making me very annoyed. This is going to be the worst episode ever. Hey. Hey, so this is part two. The uh, other one is going to suck so bad. <laughs> the other one's going to suck? Well, I just kept cutting out, but I mean, whatever, who cares? Well, we'll stitch it together or edit it or clean it up a little bit. So, okay. Okay. So, so here you are. So you're going to be, um, across from the slut babes, the sluts. Um, it's called yeah. district. The camp is called district. Yeah. And they are like notorious for having these day parties that all of these like really, really hot, like really intense makeup and outfit girls come. And, like, if you're new to Burning Man and you're, like, a dude and you're, like, oh, my God, have you checked out District? Like, check, oh, like you got to go there. And I'm, like, bro, 
So we're going to be <laughs> across the street from them. And they usually have a really, really shitty um, rating. This sucks. You know, this sucks. We got to uh, find a different app that will record us. Can you just record yourself um, when you're on, like, There's WhatsApp a, or Skype? There are other apps. I don't know. Yeah, Skype, yes, you can. I don't know about WhatsApp. We should find out. Yeah, I don't know if it would matter or if it's just the internet stuff. I mean, theoretically, I, I have a hundred. I'm on Wi-Fi right now. Yeah, I'm on Wi-Fi with supposedly a 600 megabyte connection. I mean, the Wi-Fi. I don't know I, what my megabytes are. Okay, we need to know your megas, okay? Okay. <laughs> How do I find out? <laughs> uh, there's something called speed test. You just put it on your phone or you're on your computer. Oh, I have speed test, but it's on my computer. Yeah, you, there's a, an app for the phone as well. Okay. So, I mean, I can speed test myself, but I don't know how it works. I mean, the, the speed test only tells you basically how fast you are to whatever they're testing. I don't know if it's just between you and their, the, uh, the ISP. And if the, if the connection from the ISP to, to your ISP sucks, you know, because no, everybody wants to imply that the, the backbone of the, imp, imp, in, of the internet is like super fast and infinite. And that's just not true. Yeah. So, so you can you can have like an incredible speed between like in Spain and then when you go to America it sucks or you know or various servers suck. So who knows? So anyway, let's go back to Birmingham because we, we seem to have a connection right now. So so yeah, so I mean the impression from the outside that you kind of get is that this is like a a hippie version of Las Vegas, right? You know. Like what, you know, like people, yeah, go, kinda. people go there to be uninhibited, you know, to not have to do the thing, you know, to be able to do the th act differently than they normally act, be different than they normally are. You know, yeah. this, this seems to be something about going to the desert, even if Las Vegas is hardly a desert anymore, <laughs> but it's a psychological desert. Right. And, mm -hmm. and maybe Burning Man has become the same thing. And was, do you think, do you think, A, that's true, and B, was it always true, or is it, is it not true for everybody, and is it one of those things where everybody gets a different thing out of it? You know, because I'm like curious, from, from what I gathered, it was originally kind of this art, basically an art thing. Um, it almost seemed like, a, from what I read, this sort of modern version of, you know, the 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 whole summer solstice or spring equinox cleaning out of the old burning everything that's the yep. old that's how it started and then sort of rejuvenating right because that's you know it comes from the old you know pre prehistoric or at least probably early agricultural process of like burning the old plants when spring comes to and trying to have a you know sacrifice a virgin so the crops are good and and it seems like a modern but with a twist that it's sort of around art. Yeah, so that's that's like where it originated and that's like what like the heart of it is and that, that still exists. Um, when you say Vegas, I think like, I think it's pretty similar in that like you can kind of have whatever kind of Vegas you want. Like if you want to like just sure. relax and do massages and whatever, or if you want to go crazy, like you can kind of pick and choose the kind of Vegas you want. 
that is that's very similar to Burning Man. Like you can choose whatever kind of Burning Man you want. I mean, there are little kids there, there are old people there. You know, there's there's everything from like you know massages to facials to hula hoop lessons to tie dyeing to you know orgy tents to to TED talks to you know bars on every corner. Like it's a whole city with a plethora of of things to do and yeah it's it, I, it's like a hippie version of a town where you can kind of go and and be and do it whoever you want <laughs> yeah yeah so the the um so this whole thing about it though being um you know non-capitalist and kind of a community um so you know I'm, I'm, I'm curious what <laughs> sorry what it's semi that, I mean, but it costs a shit ton of money to do it. <laughs> Just because of the process of bringing all your stuff and... Process of bringing all your stuff and costumes and food and, and infrastructure. And it's, it's very, it's a very privileged thing. I mean, like, it's, it's very, it's a, and it's very white. It's like, because it's, it's, because it's a privileged thing. I mean, obviously more and more it's becoming more diverse, but overall it's like pretty non-diverse. So I mean... Of- an annoying so, thing, but so yeah, I mean, so um, you think that was built into the DNA of it that that it was like that? That it was, I don't think it was a little bit. I don't think it was conscious. No, I, I think that I think the point of it originally was to be as exclusive. I mean, as inclusive as possible. I think in terms of resources, it's very difficult to one be able to house that many people in this. It's a national forest too, so there's a lot of compliance and a lot of rules around what is allowed to like happen there and they've taken it very seriously um and you know it's 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 expensive if you don't live in nevada um and you know how many people live in nevada right (laughs) so and you know the community is affected by it too and so there's like you know there's like strong um you know awareness around like making sure that people who live in that community are taken care of um during that time stuff like why that. what's what's the impact that it would have on them i thought you're in the middle of nowhere yeah but there are people who live like right outside of this desert oh okay and there's like hella traffic and there's all you know uh you know it's leave no trace on the actual park but you know once you leave the park you the people sometimes throw their trash which is oh, okay which is illegal yeah. and there's so there's a lot of like there's a lot of like enforcement on making sure that people are disposing of their trash properly and that they're respecting Gerlach and that they're, you know, and that they're patronizing these places when they're there and they're respectful. And, you know, it's, it's, it's 70,000 people coming to the middle of nowhere and people live there. Right. So, so, so what's, are there certain services that are provided by the burning man, like association or not? Yeah. Toilets. So they've got to bring toilets. What about power, electricity? Do they do nope. that? Nope. Okay. So are there people bringing generators? With- yep. We have a huge one. Okay. So you're like wheeling in. You have to have a truck. We, we rent and- it from someone in Reno. And they, and they provide you a generator and, and fuel. Yep. And there's, there are fuel trucks that drive around all week long and fill up people's generators. Okay. And you've like contracted for that. You have to pay them. Yep, and then we also pay for someone to pump our toilets because we, we rent our own toilets, too. Okay. So basically, it's there's sort of been this, like, whole business infrastructure built up around it to support Oh, yeah. It. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. It's ginormous. It's funny because that, that you know, I, I've been drawing these parallels, as you know, between Burning Man and things I see in Spain, for example, or things yep. I see in Europe. And, you know, the whole Fayas, which is the burning. That's you know, so this, cool. This, uh, from an art point of view and from a community point of view and from a music point of view, it has all those same elements that Burning Man has. And, and, and you know, you, when you look at Burning Man, you think it's very, you know, it's, it's maybe subconsciously or maybe consciously, but it's derivative of that same thing, tradition that Fias comes from, which is hundreds yep. and hundreds of years old. The, one of the key differences, of course, is that Fias is in, is in the city. It's in the same place where people live. It's not like going to the desert and not, not like, you know, people are not uninhibited in a different way. Although, interestingly enough, Fias brings a lot of tourists mm-hmm. for, for whom that is kind of the case. Yep. So, so you got a lot of extranjeros, a lot of tourists coming who like, I mean, for example, we have, a, you know, obviously our pizza restaurant is very happy to service the Fias. When it comes, it's insane. We yeah. serve like 500 pizzas a day. Oh, yeah, you, know? you told me that. That, that was that. Oh, I forgot. Cool. Yeah. So, um, and the problem, though, is a lot of these people who are there um, are from wherever, and they're drunk, and they're, it's not their home, and yep. it's a big, crazy party. So, guess what? They steal things. Yep. They smash things. It's, 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 it's bizarre. I mean, we've actually watched some, you know, we were like caught some girl, some woman, I'm sorry, a woman in her 40s ripping off some art that was attached to the wall in the bathroom like jesus you know like prying it off because she liked it and you go what the fuck are you doing yeah you know know, oh uh i'm not supposed to do that like you know is this you know is this how you behave at home so it's an interesting thing to the extent that you see that that contrast but i but this this infrastructure you know going back to what you were saying about the whole infrastructure Another Spanish experience that we've had is the Camino Santiago, you know, the the which goes back a thousand years, you know, of these pilgrims mm-hmm. going, going to the holy city. Of, Did you guys finish it? Yeah, we finished the first version of it. Yeah. So we're actually now doing uh, the northern. Are you version. called Caminos now? Yeah. So I, do you identify well, as a Camino? Would you call yourself a Camino? Well, actually, during the Camino, while we're doing it, we are a peregrino. Okay. So that's What's a, a peregrino. Oh, okay, I see. So we're a pilgrim. Yes. So if you're like, because you know, when you're wandering through this these city, these little towns, I mean, the Camino that we were the first one we went on, which is the French way, is the big popular one. It's the most well known one. Yeah. You saw that movie, you know, with uh-huh. uh, Martin Sheen or whatever. That that's that route is uh, the the French way. And so what I was talking, what was interesting is when, when you, now that we're doing the Northern way, it's much less trafficked. And uh, it's kind of very interesting to see the difference because the French way, just like at Burning Man, it, there's a whole business around it. Mm-hmm. You know? So the original version of this was, you know, these were pilgrims back in the, you know, second, you know, the, the, the 10th century, 11th century. And um, they were, you know, on their own, often being robbed or murdered, Jesus. poisoned by bad water and rivers. Yeah. Uh, and the church over time said, you know, these people are trying to do this holy pilgrimage. We need to, like, support them. 
and like so they, back off. They, yeah. they, began, they began to offer what were called alber- albergues, which were like it, usually in the churches of these different towns was mm-hmm. a place for the pilgrims to sleep, uh, to get fresh water, to eat. Um, and often it was free, you know, for them if they were on a pilgrimage. Yeah. Um, and these albergues still exist, though, though obviously they're not necessarily now tied to the church, though there are ones that are in monasteries or in churches. Um, but then on top of that, there's like this whole, you know, infrastructure. Yeah. I mean, so, so our version of it is kind of the more, you know, it's like the deluxe version, like you have a little bit where, you know, we're booking hotel rooms. There's a, a service that transports our bags from, from hotel to hotel. Yeah. So we don't have to schlep our bags and um, you know, and, and it's, 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 you know, it's pretty wild, you know, the whole, it, but it has the same feeling a little bit. It sounds like of what you're in, in that there's a community. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's not a, a fixed community. Yeah. You're not actually particular, you know, but you're kind of bumping into the same people and especially the people who are doing it more seriously in the more traditional way, the ones who are staying in alberges and, and walking with, you know, and carrying all their stuff, you know, they start to get a camaraderie with each other and yeah. you know, it's a shared experience. And I, and you know, when you, when you finish the Camino, you can go to the, to the, to the cathedral, which is the whole purpose of this thing, you know, originally. And then you, there's these priests who will, certify you, you as you're going you have like a book if you want to have it and you get stamped along the way um and which cool. is kind of fun because you get yeah you know, we have different. we have virgins roll around in the dust when they first get there you have virgins roll around in the dust they're not oh. actual virgins they're virgins to burning man so ah. if, you've, if you've never been a burning man before you're a virgin until you get to burning man and then yeah. They make virgins roll around in the dust, like in the on the ground, basically as like an initiation ceremony. And uh-huh. then you, you know, and they say like, welcome home and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if they have like souvenirs as part of this that you like, like, like each of the. Uh oh. Have their own special stamp and you have a book and you get you stamp it and then at the at, and that's kind of like a, a great souvenir of your journey. Um, and then when you go to, at the end, you go to the cathedral and then there's a, a, a monk or a priest or whatever who will certify your, your experience. And mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting to talk to this guy because he's like, he'll say to you, well, so which, why were you doing the Camino? Um, uh-huh. And, you know, and they're like. Grilling you. Well, they accept the fact <laughs> that you could be it could be uh, religious you, know, uh-huh. you could be doing it for you know i mean cause the original version of that was that like you were you were doing a penance or you were trying to you have you know your your loved one is sick and you're on to appeal to god and, and yeah you know so this is you know this was like a big journey i mean it was a death-defying journey it was quite a quite a struggle for an average yeah. person to do because it was months you know months and months and months yeah. Um, and, you know, if you were a peasant, you were just having to live off the land and, and the good, you know, whether the, you would get handouts and things like that. Um, so then you make it and it's like you, you ask God, you know, can you please heal my ill son or daughter or whatever? And so that would be. And God most, says, fuck off. Yeah. Well, you know, 
So he's busy. Uh, so that's the religious one. And then there's a the spiritual one. And then there's kind of like a tourist one, you know, and they're will and, and the priests are cool. You know, they'll like talk to you about it and what it means yeah. to you and all that. So I'm just curious if they have anything like that. There's nothing, there's nothing like, like there's nothing, about there's it. nothing standardized. Like there's not like a thing where every person who goes to Burning Man is going to have a standardized conversation with a priest and then they're going to have a little booklet with stamps. Right. But there is definitely some version of that. Like people will give out bracelets that like say, you know, let's say 2019, like things on it. Or like people will give out necklaces that are like have the Burning Man symbol on it. Or like you'll have or like you or people will just like give you gifts. A lot of times if you're a virgin and you're like being really sweet and you're being really helpful or whatever, like people will not even that like just people just gift no matter what. There's, it's supposed to be unconditional gifting. Right. Um, but there's. And, and, you know, you'll probably have like, if, if you're, if you're, if you put yourself out there, you will probably have a priest-like conversation with somebody right. about why you're there or what you're trying to get out of life right now or what, or whatever. You'll have some hopefully like enlightening experience if you put oh. yourself out there and you're like looking for it and it can right. be at any level that you want. I think most people who are there are like way less hippie than you think they are because right. when I first got there I was like it was so much more like sarcastic like funny people that are just kind of like that just are like you know they're they're smart hippie people and the things that they do but like in the way that they speak they're very much like yeah fuck your burn like argh! like you know just just like having a good time kind of right. sarcastic kind of like you know you know that kind of stuff yeah Right. Which I love. I, you know, right. I, I was expecting everyone to be like, you know, you know, just, uh, just open up your heart and, and love right. each other. And I was like, and when I got there, it wasn't like that at all. So. Yeah. So was it like a cult drink the Kool-Aid? Uh, we no, all have not at all. The same thing and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Not at all. It's very much like, hey, come over here if you want to hang out or don't or or don't fuck you. Like, bye. Like, it's very, it's just yeah. like. Yeah. It's very fluid and very, like, you feel very safe and it's nice. Okay. So two more questions for you then. Um, okay. What is, what is your group about? In uh oh, you cut out. I heard, what is your group about? And that's it. Okay. Um, what is your group about in terms of what it thinks it's offering to the bigger community? You know, uh -huh. you said everything is like there to kind of offer up something to other people yep. outside of your group. And then within the group, is there any uh, anything that goes on in terms of like what it means to be a member of that group other than the outward facing part? If you understand. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So our camp is called Horizon. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, our camp's called Horizon and uh, we're about like nine. We're going to be 90 people this year, which is a ton. Um, and our gift is, um, we, we provide we, like our camp. The reason why it's called horizon is because the first year that we were an official camp, we were all the way at the edge. So like it's, it, it, it looks like a big semicircle and, and like, if you're all the way at the end, then you're basically, you see, you can see the sunset if you're on the right side of camp. Mm -hmm. 
So we had these giant scaffolding like things that were that if you got on top of the scaffolding, you can see over the entire Burning Man. Uh-huh. So we we built these huge scaffolding things that people could climb on top of and like enjoy, basically enjoy the sunset. Right. So we we like built this thing so that people could enjoy sunsets. And so that's one of our big offerings is that you're you're able to like enjoy the sunset. And also during sunset, we have happy hours. So we have we play like music that's not. Um, that's not normal to Burning Man. So we normally play different types of music that you don't you don't hear at Burning Man that much. It's not like shitty house music. It's like right. good music. Yeah. Um, and then we have a we have a bar that we you know we're just you know we're a camp that has a bar, so you can have free alcohol from us uh, if you're over 21. Um, and yeah, and then we have like we have some parties. And then the last thing that that's part of our camp that's a gift is we have we we host uh, this like. 360 dome show so the these people own this company called 360 pro or something and they built this they build this huge dome and they project like a audio visual like thing it's like a show a 360 show and people come and watch it and yeah that runs and then runs all the time or just one night it runs it runs every night but at nighttime because it's too hot in there during the day And then our camp itself, um, t- to be a camper, you know, you, you have to be willing to pay dues because they're kind of expensive. But dues cover your, your food, uh, two showers if you want, toilets, um, infrastructure, shade, uh, power. We have power. Um, and then you have to be willing to work. So I, I require everyone to do a, like a shift for breakdown or for build. And then I require everyone to do a kitchen shift. And then other other like little shifts like you know bartending stuff like that. So uh, you have to you have to be you know pitching in. And then we have like an entire like you know twelve sheet adventure guide with like v- our values and you know our 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 history and all that stuff. Uh-huh. So to be a, a camper of our camp, it's like you have kind of like you're you're it's this mixture between we want to be comfortable. So like we want to have family meals and we want to have toilets and we want to have the showers, but also we work hard and like everyone in our camp works really hard and you don't, you can't just like show up, drop your shit off and like go have fun. You have to like be a part of the camp and contribute. Or you're not invited back. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, and then your role in that is? Uh, boss bitch. So how did that happen? No, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Um, basically I'm in charge of all the communication and all the admin for the people. So everyone who gets signed up with our camp, I'm in charge of them, every, all the communication with them. Um, so all the like people, HR communications, acculturation, that's all me. And then that also includes like, uh, delegating leads for other stuff. So it's, it's kind of everything that's, that's not, that doesn't include like infrastructure. So you're, I mean, basically running the staff, so to speak. Yeah. Making sure that, so you're helping to make sure so there's enough people to do this or that, or this is, is that kind of what happens? That's part of it. Yeah. I'm I'm in charge of like making sure that like things, yeah, that that the job, like the org chart or whatever and the jobs that are supposed to happen happen. And then also I'm in charge of all the communications with all the campers. Internally. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything's internal. So when you say communications, what, 
you know, you got 90 people. How you, you how are people communicating? What, what are you doing? I mean, you're not sending out marketing materials on the Internet. So what is it like a flyer or a board or how do people. So we have a Facebook group, but but to, to like kick it all off, I put together like a like a registration form where if you want to be a part of our camp this year, you have to fill out a form. So usually like I'll just send an email out to every single person who's ever camped with us. So I'll send like one big in the beginning, like when we start, like usually in, in April or something or March, mm-hmm. I'll send an email to anyone who's ever camped with us saying, Hey, welcome. This is what's happening. Hi. The first thing you have to do is fill out this form. So right. everyone fills out the form and the form basically says like, do you have a ticket? Are you willing to pay dues? What kind of work do you want to do? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then it's a way for me to keep, keep track of every single person who I have to communicate with, because if you don't fill out the form, then I can't, I'm not going to communicate with you further about payment or about food or about any of the other things. Okay. So So, that's how I do it. Okay. So the communication is all pre Burning Man communication. Oh yeah. It's not stuff that's you're communicating during the. Well, during Burning Man, hypothetically speaking, I don't want to say shit to nobody. Right. But, um, but last year that wasn't the case. I had to work a lot. Um, but this year, I'm trying to avoid that. <laughs> yeah. So what's the um, plan? How are you going to avoid it? I mean, I'm, I, need, I need to delegate people to, um, to like, be experts in different areas. Basically, that's what we're doing. So, mm-hmm. so that I can, like, explain how to do things one time to, like, four people, and then they can tell everybody else. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because last year, it was like, I... I was the go-to person for everyone because they just because they knew me because I had communications with them. Yeah. Um, and so everyone would come up to me with questions, and I'm just like, "Bro, I'm trying to like go hang, like leave me yeah. alone." Yeah. Um. So this year, I think it's gonna be better. Cool. So you don't have like a, I mean, maybe like a a, a board somewhere where things are written down, so you can just say, "Go look at the board." Or, yeah, that's what that's what the plan is. Yeah. Look at the board is the new plan. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But, um, so yeah, I think that's a good, like before question. So we'll see if it actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you, so other than that, are you have any other like concerns or expectations or hopes for this year? Um, my goal this year is to hang out with a new person every day from camp. So we'll see if that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, my other goal is to, you know, make sure I work less, not, not give, not care so much and not give so many fucks. Yeah. Um, like if things aren't going perfectly, I just need to let it go and be okay with it. Okay. So that's, um, that's like my goal. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know. I'm, I think I, I want to, I want to have more fun during the daytime. Um, and I would like to do a little bit of like introspection stuff about my life and, mm. but I'm not, I don't have high, I don't have huge high hopes like, or, or goals there. Is that, cause is, I, I normally go because I just like camping and being with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I'm curious uh, when you, when you say something like, you know, cause you mentioned it before you can get these quote unquote, quote unquote priest talks. Are there actual like camps that you go to that like offer, social counseling services or just you know a spiritual services or yoga services or i'm just curious is it yeah. like 
Everything like, that you just said, yes. So you just like shop around and go, hey, I wonder what this is like. And then there's some. Yeah, like like there's a book that they print out before you go and they give it to you. Uh-huh. And it has all the activities that are happening. Yeah. And so it'll be like, oh, there's a TED talk or not a TED talk, but there's a, a talk on on like finding yourself through, you know, right. like your, your 30s or, or what it means to be free in the tech industry or I, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Like they have like talks on everything that you can go and sometimes the talks are like interactive where you like talk with people and like write stuff down and like and and you know sometimes you know there's camps where you just like drink tea and someone will like do a psychic reading on you or like you know there's like it's 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 like it's nuts dude it's it's all over the place (laughs) so i mean is it is there a certain element of of like there's people kind of selling future services that they're like trying to like offer a free version of and pitch it and then oh no that's really that's frowned upon there's you're not allowed to commodify anything you're not allowed to wear brands you're not allowed to like give people your business card i mean if you make a if you make a genuine connection with someone Mm -hmm. and you want and like i think i think it's all about intention so like if Mm -hmm. if you met someone and and you were like hey, like, I really love this. Like, are you, you know, are you in New York? Or like, if you want to make a genuine connection with someone and like, it happens to lead to like business prospects, that's fine. But going into it with intention of like trying to sell your business, like that's going to be like, not okay. Yeah. But it's all, it's all self-regulated. So it's, you know, you, it's, it's, it's all, it's all about culture. This is, uh, yeah, yeah uh, this is really interesting. Every time I touch the phone, with my other finger, I'm holding it with one <laughs> hand. It, 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 that's when I lose the connection. It's really weird. Oh, God. It hates you. I've never seen that before. I don't know if it's the app or whether it's just something with the iPhone. That's so weird. That's so weird. Yeah. So, um, okay, I won't touch the phone again. Okay, so um, I think this has been a good interview. I, I mean, I really understand a lot more about it. Is there something I've missed that you wanted to talk about before we end the episode i was trying to just think of like what would be funny for me that what would be a funny like pre pre burning man thing i can tell you how much i weigh and then weigh myself when i get back (laughs) (laughs) well i can tell you you know on the parallel story of the camino you know the the big joke is you know some people go and they say i'm going on the camino to get in shape because you know they're walking like a thousand five hundred kilometers or in our case we bike it and um, yeah. invariably, everybody gains weight. <laughs> yeah, I used to I used to lose weight when I was first going. Yeah, because I was more I was partying more. Uh huh. But I gain weight, or I just stay the same. Yeah, but that's for. But so I mean, the, you're in the in the middle of a desert. Presumably, it's very very hot during the day. Is that like what is the average temperature? You think? It's extremely hot during the day. Uh, it's dry out there, so right. I think it's normally like in the eighties, nineties. That's nothing. Eighties, nineties? Uh, not eighties. It's nineties. It's hot as fuck. Oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe this year it'll be hotter because of global warming. But right. just just look up um, the closest city is Gerlach or uh, yeah, Gerlach. Right. So I mean, during the day, then you talk about like being active and doing things. I can't imagine you can do much. You're constantly drinking water. You have water like attached to your mouth. Right. So, I mean, but you're, I mean, I, are you like, you know, you're not like doing physical exercise, like biking and stuff. 
are you? Well, yeah, you bike around, but it's all flat and it's all pretty close. Yeah. So you have you have to to get around. You have to bike. Yeah, but you want to walk. Right, but I'm saying you're not biking like I'm going to go do a 20k mountain bike run or something. No, some people like to do that, like in the morning, like on sunrise. Like there's a there's like there's a marathon that happens during Running Man. Oh my God! Wow. Yeah, but like it's during it's like it's like super early when it's still cold because it's cold at night. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's very cold at night and it's very hot during the day. It's it's a desert. Right. Very desert. Cool. It's it's very lovely. I love it. Yeah, that's nice. And the dust is insane. Like it's yeah. like no other kind of dust that ever I've ever seen in my whole life. Well, it's it's like probably like the Sahara. It it's it's not sand. It's dust. So it. It sticks to all of your all oh. of your stuff, and and it takes you don't you don't get you don't get your stuff to be clean until you come home and you wash it like eighty thousand times. Like I have stuff that still has dust on it, like my shoes still have dust on them. Wow. Um, even though I've like I've like wiped them down and stuff, it's yeah, yeah it's the it's the most incredible substance I've ever seen. <laughs> is it unique to the fact that there's so many people on this ground, or is it? just in that area just that's the way it is um i think it's a combination it's definitely like it's definitely like evolved over time because so many people come during this one period yeah. but um but this desert is very special like that's why it's it's a national park and that's why it's like it's so serious how like they take it very seriously like mm-hmm. they hire people or i think they volunteer i don't know but people spend at least a month after Burning Man's over picking up little pieces of glitter and band-aids and little pieces of wood so that every teeny tiny speck is completely gone. Yeah. Um, and, and you get a rating based off of how much like work they had to do by your camp. Uh-huh. Interesting. So, um, so hopefully we get a good rating this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it sounds. I, gotta go. I, I love you so much. I love you too. Thanks for the interview, and I'll be posting it shortly. Okay. Happy birthday. Thanks, Sammy. Bye. 66. Bye. I love you. Love you too.